Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Isabel, who is a dual certified acute care and family nurse practitioner. Currently, she is working as a hospitalist full-time. She's wanting to start a business, but not sure what to focus on specifically. She is toying with the idea of a transitional care clinic, a Medicare home risk assessment business, or a functional medicine practice. She's needing assistance narrowing down her focus and how to get started. Hey, Isabel, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Justin? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for hopping on here. So, uh, Let's go ahead and just jump into this. So tell us about yourself, uh, you know, how long you've been a nurse practitioner for and what kind of things you've been doing. Um, I've been a nurse practitioner uh, since 2013. Um, I initially started out in family medicine when I was uh, doing, uh, I was rounding for a private practice uh, that was focusing in geriatrics where we were rounding in skilled nursing facilities um, and uh, rehab facilities. And then I transitioned into hospital medicine about a year and a half afterwards. And I just really loved it. And um, I've also been transitioning into critical care, but something that my patients always say, even friends and family, when are you going to have your own practice, when you're going to have your own practice? And it was never really anything that had interest me, but I would say within the past year, it was like, you know, I think I could really do this. I, I think I was making it a lot more bigger than what it needed to be, where people in the past would quit their jobs and they would focus on their business and it wasn't successful wasn't successful. And just speaking with other nurse entrepreneurs, um, they just made it more feasible where you start off as it being your part-time niche. And as it grows, that's when you can transition out of your full-time job. Gotcha. Okay. So do you enjoy being a hospitalist? I mean, is that pretty much what you've really been doing? Yes. That's what I've been doing for the past eight years. Have you done much of anything else? No, no, just hospital medicine. And I've been doing some per diem in critical care. Um, but I've always liked naturopathic medicine or just discussing alternatives for people to maintain like a healthy, holistic lifestyle. And right. with hospital medicine, um, it's more or less uh, the biggest issue is that a lot of people don't have their PCPs or they don't maintain consistency with their general practitioner in the outpatient setting. So my interest was, you know, how can I see them or 
do something that's meaningful for them before they transition back to their own primary care provider. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you haven't really been using your your FNP all that much, really, in theory. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. No. yeah. I yeah. just maintain the certification. Yeah, I would do. Why not? You know? Um, okay, cool deal. So uh, you have a few ideas here. So let's walk through each one. Um, let's start first with the with the transitional uh, care clinic. So tell me about your idea. Um, so the idea that I had was to see patients ideally within 48 hours after their hospital discharge, um, go over their hospitalization, if there are particular orders of whether they need to be diuresed or steroid taper and so on and so forth, just to treat them in that setting and to kind of be a bridge between them and their primary care provider. But me with being a hospitalist where I work a seven on seven off schedule, I don't really know if that time frame of seeing people within 48 hours is really feasible on my off weeks. Right, right, right. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult. You have like a week there where you're not really, <laughs> where you're not really working in your business, right? Um, yes. Insurance or cash? Hybrid. Both for, for the transitional. For the transitional, yes. Um, when I'm thinking about this particular depart um department, this particular patient population, they're older and their income is quite limited, and a lot of them are very dependent on insurance. And I didn't want to exclude those that would have insurance. And for those who don't have insurance and they wanted to pay cash, um, I would set up a, a fee schedule for them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Uh, cash base is probably not going to be all that fruitful. I mean, it's probably going to be mm-hmm. mostly mostly insurance. <laughs> Um, so you want to deal with all that, right? Medicare, billing, the Medicaid, the charting, um, you know, all of it, right? So it just depends on how complex you want your business to be. Um, you know, billing, uh, billing insurance for those things, it's going to complicate your business because now you have to code appropriately. Now you have to have a medical biller to submit the claims. Now you have to chase money from the insurance companies that don't want to pay you. You have to deal with audits. You have to deal with pre-authorizations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, just make sure that you know you're aware of what you're walking into. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, obtaining patients now. Uh, do you feel like this is something that do you feel like this is something that would actually work? Do you feel like people would actually like send you patients? Like, like how do you feel like this would actually work? I think it would work. Um, I think more or less because um, it's really maintaining really great relationships with the case managers. Um, and then letting them know what I intend to do in the community and giving them um, brochures or marketing material of what I will exactly do for patients if there's like a large gap of them not being able to see their primary care provider within a certain time frame of their hospital discharge and also probably marketing to other PCP offices of, you know, hey, uh, I, instead of double booking yourself with patients that you need to see and to not double book yourself with a post-hospitalization visit, I can do this post-hospitalization visit for you and your patient could later on be reestablished with you for their routine visits. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting idea, right? Uh, I think it's probably something that would end up being you know, pretty fruitful, especially with, you know, with your experience and background and everything and, you know, getting in with the case managers, all the hospitalists, you know, et cetera. I think that it would be something that you'd probably be able to build up fairly quickly, I would imagine. So, mm-hmm. you know, your income will be limited by the amount of patients that you see and what you are billing insurance. Uh, this is going to be a business that's going to require your time. If you don't put time into it to see patients, you make no money, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's, you can't really build a passive income stream through this unless you have other providers seeing patients for you, right? Absolutely. So that's going to be one of the downsides. Yeah. Like if you don't work, you don't get paid. Like you go, you take a week off, you don't get paid, right? So yeah, that's one of the downsides of a business that is completely reliant on you seeing patients. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the downsides of it. I realized that very quickly doing medical cannabis evaluations. If I didn't see a patient, I didn't make any money. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, and you know, there's, there's plus or minuses to this business. So I think that you would probably do pretty well. You'd probably make a very healthy six figure income. Um, and you could probably grow it to a point, you know, if there's, if there's enough business to justify it, you'd probably be able to grow it to a point that, um, would result in, you you know, you may being able to, uh, hire some, uh, uh, some other providers and see patients and stuff for you. That might be a year or two down the road, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting that I'm going to be able to hire people within like the, with the time frame that you just, um, said, I'm hoping to start slowly just to kind of get a little acclimated, sure. um, and kind of see goes and to actually honestly see if I really do like it. It's an idea, but I won't really know if I'm really going to like it um, until I do it. And that's why I had other alternative ideas sure. for like the risk assessment yep. and the functional medicine. Yep. Um, because yes. I think like it ultimately, like if for me in my mind, I'm like, well, if this is going to be my niche, you know, anything in the startup phase is going to be stressful, but I didn't want it to be more stressful than my full-time job for right. the acuity that I'm I, I want to be able to enjoy it. And if the after hospitalization visits end up being something very stressful or very tedious because of like the insurance and, and so on and so forth, maybe I would do that for a short term and then later just focus on the Medicare risk assessments and the functional medicine course, which I yeah. purchased. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be tedious. Okay. It, it, it's just yeah. going to be, yeah, it's just going to be. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, all right. So yeah, let's just talk about the other ideas real quick. So uh, yeah. Medi- Medicare home risk assessment, again, it's going to be tedious, right? You're dealing with insurance, mm-hmm. Medicare, uh, the, the coding, the documentation, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so it's going to still be tedious. All right. It can be difficult to secure contracts with insurance companies to feed you patients. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. It, it can be difficult. All right. Lots of people have done it. Lots of people have not been able to do it. Okay. A lot of people have not been successful with it. So if you can't get the contracts from the insurance company, okay. Now, let me just break this down real quick. All you need to do is be credentialed with insurance. That's literally it. Mm-hmm. Just credentialed as a mm-hmm. Medicare provider doing family practice, primary care, whatever. Okay. Anyone who's credentialed through Medicare can do a risk assessment. Okay. So it doesn't matter. You don't need a contract to do it. Anyone can code for it. Okay. So okay. You, okay. yeah, anyone can code for it. Anybody. Okay. You don't need a contract to see patients to do this. There's a lot of confusion around this. People think you need a contract. You yes. don't. Okay. Okay. So there's right. three ways to make money doing this. All right. One, you get the contract from the insurance companies. That could be difficult. Okay. Two, you just see patients that are established at other offices, primary care offices, et cetera. You have to basically have them give you the patients to do the Medicare home risk assessment on or do it in their office or whatever. Okay. Uh, and in return, you bill the insurance company for that visit. So you make the money. And then in return, the primary care office or whatever is able to bill uh, Medicare and the insurance companies at a higher rate. So they make more money off that patient over a period of a year. Or the third way is that you establish a primary care practice, whatever you do it on your own patients. 
All right. Okay. Yeah. So like if you're doing a primary care practice, you'd be a fool not doing your own Medicare risk assessments on these people. Like you'd be a fool. I mean, why not? It's an increased bill and it's increased revenue, right? So those are the three options. Does it sound tedious? Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds tedious, but you know, I've listened to the course um, at least three times just to kind of wrap my mind around it and I'm still not done listening to it. Um, my question is, okay, so for my first idea of doing like the after hospitalization visits, and since things are just based on billing, um, if I'm seeing them at home and they have these HCC codes, can I technically bill for that to receive a yeah, higher reimbursement? So, right, right, right. So you could do a hybrid thing, right? So if you were doing transitional yeah. care, the benefit of it too is like when we do this transitional care, I'm also going to knock out the Medicare home risk assessment at the exact same time. So now you can bill those patients. Yeah. A lot more now. So I mean, primary care offices are going to love it, right? Like you don't have, like they don't have to do the, you know, they don't have to do the post hospitalization care on the patient. And when they basically, when 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 the patient returns, they're going to be able to bill higher, you know, higher amounts because you've done all the HCC coding and the Medicare risk assessment, right? So that model would be would be a a legit model, right? But if the patient has already had that risk assessment done within, you know, a 12 month period, you can't do it. So that'd be something you'd have to like check and verify. Right. Um, Yeah. So it's going to be tedious. It's going to be a lot of work. You're going to have to really figure out your systems and processes on how that workflow would work. But yeah, sure. You could do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, you have the course, you know, I mean, you have all the information you need, right? It's just, just, it's just getting the patience. That's the hard part. Yeah. 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 I'm in the process of getting credentialed now. Um, I had done like a private practice startup course um, through a a friend. And one of the benefit of the course was that um, they would help me with my credentialing. And they had said, well, since you're already credentialed already because you're a provider, um, the turnaround time will be a little bit quicker as Mm. well. So they said maybe 30 days, but Uh, I don't have my cough. Bullshit. (laughs) Cough. Come on now. No way. You have to get, no, no, no. You have to get credentialed as an entity to build insurance. It doesn't matter if you're credentialed with them already through another business, another practice. That doesn't matter. You have to credential your entity. It's going to take six months minimum. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Lower my expectations. Yeah. Lower your expectations. Okay. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but 30 days, that's, that's bullshit. Okay. Yeah. You you might be credentialed with a couple insurance companies after 30 to 60 days, but to have like the full panel or whatever, it's going to take six months minimum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I put it in my mind, but when they said, oh, it's going to be quicker, I was like, really? Okay. uh, Yeah. Not really. No. Um, So functional medicine. Now now, now let's talk about that model. Right. Okay. Cash based. Right. Mm -hmm. You could literally get started in 30 days. Really? Well, yeah. You're not, you know, you don't got to get credential with insurance. All you got to do is form an LLC, get an office and get going. Like it's really not that hard. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so with minimal experience in terms of the content, um, it would take about 30 days. Like for those who have no experience in that and they're doing the course. And I think you guys said it takes about 20 hours to go through it entirely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the foundational knowledge, right? Like, yeah, I mean, functional medicine is one of those things like, 
you know, it's just like anything else, right? You build off of the foundational knowledge and you take additional courses and you read books and you really build that knowledge base up. You see patients, you get that experience, right? So yeah, like that course, you should be able to walk away with foundational knowledge to approach the patient, see the patient and, uh, and, you know, and get started, but you're, it, it, it's, you're always learning, right? You're never going to just, you can't just take that course and walk away and be like, okay, I'm done. It doesn't really work that way. Like, it, yeah, okay. yeah. It provides you the foundation and it's also going to walk you through the business aspects of opening a functional medicine practice. So the business component of it is simple. Just follow the steps in the course, literally do one step at a time as I go through it. Open up the LLC, Okay. open up the bank account, get the payment processor, get the EMR, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You just do one thing a day. And in mm-hmm. three to four weeks, you have a business. It's literally, it's, it, it's, it's, it's that simple. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I already have the business. I have my PLLC registered. Perfect. I have a business. I have all those things. Perfect. Um, right. So now you get, so now, it's, so now it's getting accounts and getting EMRs and getting, you know, medical suppliers, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had demos and the EMR system that I'm kind of leaning into is RX and NT. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm. That would be okay for the Medicare. I had spoken to one of the representatives and he said um, it should be fine. And then like a revenue cycle company that I've been talking to as well, too. They said that they have coders that are proficient in that as well, too. I just don't want to do something with an EMR system that's like low budget. And then it ends up giving me a lot of problems in the future. And then I have to convert to something else and so on and so forth. Well, if you're doing cash, you can literally document on some toilet paper if you want (laughs) Okay. Okay. Like, it, 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 <laughs> seriously, you don't need all that stuff. Like, okay. you. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of sounded like I could probably start because in my mind, I was like, well, maybe functional medicine is going to be something later, later on because I'm going to have to like go through things. But you're making this a lot more feasible that I yeah. can actually probably start sooner while I'm waiting to get credentials with all these other things. Now, now listen, I want to give you a warning here. Okay. You doing all three of those things at one time is going to be a recipe for disaster. Okay. Okay. You're working seven on seven off. Okay. And you want to essentially start three different businesses, basically. Like how can you possibly focus on one and have it be successful? It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be almost impossible. It's it's just going to be. You're going to go insane doing that. Trust me. So I really feel like to increase your chances of success here, you really need to focus in on just one thing here. You do all that. You you can't build three bridges at the same time. You can't. Right? Get to finish one bridge and then move on to the next one. Okay. Yeah. So it's not wrong having those three ideas, but just do them one at a time. Do one at a time. Get one started. Get it up and going. Get it successful. Cut uh-huh. your teeth, basically, pay your dues, learn the mistakes, those kinds of things, and then move on to the next business. Okay. Doing three at one time is not a good idea. And you don't want to do all three of these under the same business. It doesn't make sense. Okay. So I should have a separate PLLC for the functional medicine? Well, yeah, that's going to be a cash based business. That needs to be a completely different business. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing. Okay. You start a functional medicine based practice, you know, not only are you you assessing the root cause of the disease and helping people from a functional standpoint, you know, change their habits and stuff like that to, you know, become just healthier and optimize their well-being. 
but you're also going to be doing some other things within that hormone replacement therapy, you know, optimizing sex hormones, optimizing thyroid hormones. You're going to be doing other things that are in demand and that you can build off of like a wellness functional medicine practice where you're focusing on functional medicine, but also doing some HRT or even doing a little weight loss or whatever in it. Okay. You know, it's a general wellness practice kind of a thing like doing that. You might not even want to fool with those other two businesses. You might not need to like that could grow super fast, super quick. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the lowest barrier of entry for you. Okay. 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 The intent was to start one at a time, but I think I'm going to one thing at a time in terms of the ideas, but I think I'll probably think harder about um, the, the main thing that I want to focus on. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 Seriously. You can't, you know, you just, it, it, if you build three bridges at the same time, you're never going to finish one, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's very difficult to, and one mistake I made during my initial one to two years of being a, you know, a business owner and entrepreneur was I I spread my focus way too much. I spread my energy out way too much doing so many different things. And it was very difficult for me to grow any of those to something that was like a million dollar business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very, very difficult. I was able to build a seven figure business after I I started getting rid of some of the ideas, some of the businesses and focused in. That's when I built a seven figure business. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, transitional care, Medicare home risk assessment and stuff. It's going to be, there's just, there's a lot of steps to that. And there's a lot of barriers to it. So if you want to just get started, a a Mm cash-based practice is going to be your best bet. Okay. Okay. All right. It makes sense. sense. In my mind, I was thinking that it was going to be something that was going to be very slow um, to get off Mm. the ground. No, no, not at all. You can open that up in a month. Because you don't need okay. to get credential. There's no licenses and stuff. You just do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I just purchased the course and I'm thankful for the sale that you had because it makes it more feasible and I can actually <laughs> have my job reimbursed as a CME. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> have your job reimbursed you for the CE. It's, you know, it's going to help you start a business and break free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess let's talk about this real quick. Uh What's your, I guess, the area that you're in? Like, do you feel like, have you done much market research in terms of like a cash-based business, like a functional medicine practice or anything? Like, do you think that there's a need? No, I haven't done much research in that area. My, it's just more or less my my interest has been in natural medicine. And then when functional medicine came into the picture of, of it being integrative medicine, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. I don't have to technically go back to school for this. There's a lot of courses to build your knowledge on what's there already. Um, I, I think, I don't know particular for my area. I just know it's something that people are much more interested in, in terms of having alternative um, options to maintain their health. Right. Okay. So your next step then, it sounds like you're you know somewhat passionate about this, like you're very interested in it. So your next step, start doing some market research in your area. Okay. Okay. You have to make sure from a business standpoint that it's feasible. Okay. Okay. If there's 20 functional medicine practices, it's going to be an uphill battle to break in. Okay. Okay. I doubt there is. You're probably going to be fine. Uh, what area of the country are you in? I live in Massachusetts. I live um, like about 45 minutes away from Rhode, from the border of Rhode Island. Okay. So uh, would you say your area is rural, medium, big it's city? It's suburbs. I, like, suburbs. I live like 
a, a good half an hour away from the city of Boston. It's suburbs. It's suburbs. Okay. So, you know, there might be some competition and there might not be. So you just need to get on Google, go on Google Maps. This okay. is the best. This okay. is the best way to do market research. Okay. Is get on Google Maps, type in functional medicine, click search, and just start looking around. You know, is there someone who's advertising their practice as a functional medicine practice or they have functional medicine in the name and it should pop up on Google. And then you can look up, you know, hormone replacement therapy clinic, uh, testosterone replacement clinic, uh, women's health clinic. Uh, you know, just start looking up those key words in your area and see where the opportunity lies. If there's okay. saturation, you know, if you're opening up something in a very, very saturated area, you know, let's just say, for example, you look up men's health clinic in somewhere like, oh, I don't know, like Atlanta or something. There's probably going to be like a dozen pop up. Okay. So it's mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of competition, saturated, right? Okay. Yeah. So just do some very basic market research and figure out, you know, what is there and what isn't there. I'll tell you right now, if there isn't a weight loss clinic in your area, uh, if you want just something that prints off cash, that's something that prints off cash. Yeah. So yeah, you know, just kind of just look around, figure out kind of what it is that you want to do and just look around. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then. Which isn't that complicated. Sorry. What was that? I'm happy that the market search isn't that complicated where it's just simply going on Google. Yeah. You don't have to pay some market research company. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Just, just literally just search around. Yeah. I remember most people are finding you just by getting on their phone and just, you know, Hey Siri search for whatever, or just getting on you know Google maps or whatever. Like that's how people are trying. That's how people are going to find you. So that's how you find the competition. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and don't be, don't be scared of venturing out a little bit too. Okay. You don't necessarily need to open up shop five minutes down the street. Sometimes no. venturing out 30 minutes or even 60 minutes away into an unsaturated market can end up being a uh, a, a good decision. Definitely. Definitely. Not afraid to venture out in terms of distance. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Good, 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 good. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Well, did that help you kind of focus in? Yes. Yes. It was helpful. It was helpful. So definitely some things to think through. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you have any other questions or anything that you want to talk about? Um, I think... That's it. I mean, thank you for answering my emails and thank you for the invitation um, to be able to do this and ask and have this conversation with you. Yeah, man. I think this is a great little you know, quick episode on just how to really just focus in, you know? Um, yeah. 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 So if you ever want to do a follow-up or something, if you end up, uh, you know, focusing in, let me know. I think after you take the functional medicine course and get a good understanding of the clinical aspects of it, and then in the uh, the final section of that course are the you know the business aspects and the walkthrough on how to actually build the business up from scratch. Once you get you know through that, I think that you'll be I think you'll be able to focus in even more. I think you'll be able to get started very quickly. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, it's kind of like a kid going through a candy store. Like, I like this. I like that. Not sure what I want to really focus on. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do that. But it's feasible. Um, it yeah. makes sense in, in terms of focusing on something. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get the uh, don't get the squirrel syndrome. You know what I mean? Don't get shiny object. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Like, don't get shiny object syndrome. That is very, very bad thing for an entrepreneur. And it affects almost all entrepreneurs. You just want to move on to the next project and do this project and that project. And like, when you start spreading your focus like that, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This was very helpful. I really appreciated this. You're very welcome. All right. Well, listen, if you ever want to do a follow-up, let me know. And I hope the courses help you out and hopefully we'll talk again.
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'll do. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Isabel. Kind of quick and straight to the point, but full of all kinds of nuggets in there. So I think that if you are in the startup phase of opening a business or if you already have an established business, I think it's very, very important that you try to remain focused. Okay. I've said this before in some other podcast episodes and some articles, you know, you just can't build multiple bridges at one time. It's very, very difficult. Okay. If you do, it will prevent you from really building that seven figure business from really building that truly successful business by focusing in on one thing and putting your all into it. It will allow that business to grow very, very quickly. I mean, we've heard lots of examples in other episodes of, you know, nurse practitioners after they quit their job and focus on their business, that's when the business blows up, right? It's because they can focus their energies on it. Your job is sucking your energy. It is sucking your time, okay? By your job taking away your energy and your time, you are not able to put that energy into your business, okay? Same thing if you already have an established practice and you are wanting to start another one. As soon as you start another business, that's gonna start taking your time away from the other business. So you never ever wanna do that until that established business is you know, on autopilot, it's successful, it's building a passive income stream for you and those sorts of things, okay? So you never wanna move on to the next project until the first project is complete and done. Sometimes it takes multiple years to complete it, you know what I mean? Like my men's health clinic at this point is pretty much like, I don't really need to do much anymore. Like I have multiple providers working for me seeing patients. I have multiple staff. Like I really just don't need to do much. The only time I ever need to do anything is if I wanna change some marketing up or open up another location basically, right? So that's your goal is to get to that point. Once you get to that point, then you can focus your energies on something else. You can focus on the next project. You can build the next bridge. So Isabel really needs to focus in on one thing. I feel like that as she does all three at one time, it is going to spread herself thin and it's it's really gonna be a recipe for disaster. So I hope she focuses in. All right, hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content in this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with out our written permission.